This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wilmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. What's up, everybody? And today, we are going to be talking about the New York Knicks. Carmelo Anthony's basically pretty much a waste of space in the eyes of Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Miles Bridges, my boy. Sadly, he's, he's going to be staying uh, you know, in college basketball. And we're also going to be talking about overrated prospects in the NBA draft. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun uh, podcast if you're listening on Block Talk Radio. Thank you so much for downloading us and checking us out. If you're watching on YouTube, what up? We're gonna we're gonna be uh, talking about the Knicks now. Let's get into it. Phil Jackson indicated that the New York Knicks will continue to explore trade options for Carmelo Anthony, saying the All Star forward would be better off somewhere else. Um, he also said we've not been able to win with Anthony on the court at this time. I think the directions with our team is that he's a player that would be better off somewhere else and using his talent somewhere where he can win or chase that championship. So pretty much. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Because you look at Carmelo Anthony, where do you think Carmelo Anthony will end up playing next year? I literally, I thought about this driving to the station today, and I mm-hmm. was like, I I don't know who would want, like, who would want Carmelo Anthony, not for the fact of what he brings to a team, but I look at the 24.5 around million that he uh, made base salary this year, the, what, the... Twenty six point two that he's owed next year with the that's his cap hit. I look at it and I go, what team in their right mind would want that? Unless it's a situation where it's like, hey, let's trade for him so that we have him for a year, and basically it's marketing ploy where we can just bring him in to bring in some fans for a year and sell some Carmelo jerseys for that one year because he does have the early termination after the 2017-18 season. But in my head, I do not see a team in their right mind that would want to go out and trade for Carmelo Anthony only because it would have to be a short list because Melo would have to say, yeah, I'm okay with that since he has the no-trade clause. Yeah, that's the major concern. With Melo not having, you know, with him having complete control over his future, I think you run yourself into a situation where he wants to be on a contender. He wants mm-hmm. to win. All of a sudden, you know, money's not important to him after signing that huge contract. It's like, you know what? I'd rather not suck. That That's fun. Uh, so you need to find a contender with a lot of money to spend, which, guess what? That's not usually a thing because contenders have a core built up. You're not usually looking for that mm-hmm. $30 million piece just mm-hmm. to make your team, you know, champions. Really, the only team we always throw out is the Boston Celtics that really, like, usually need that piece. Yeah, but, but the, the question is, is like, you know, they've got a lot of guys who they're, you know, eyeing as of late. And I think the big thing with Melo is like now you have even Phil talking down to you about how you don't try on both ends, about how, you know, you're not a great fit for us. It, he's, he's selling him his own stock short here. And it's like, I'm not quite sure what Phil's idea of how Carmelo is going to leave town is, but he's not helping it. No, I don't understand what's going on because, first off, I mean, I'm not surprised by any of this. I mean, it's weird that it's coming out right now. Yeah. I don't know why it's coming out right now after the season's over um, at this specific time. I think I think you wait until he's after after he's traded. It's kind of like the Vladi Divac stuff. Like, he said there was a better trade on the table for DeMarcus Cousins, yet 
he you know he he said that after the trade was over i don't understand what phil's trying to do um and, and the, the the biggest thing that's at least coming out that that i think is hurting phil jackson with this is yes carmelo's going to Car- carmelo's probably going to stay on the team and that's where i think what mm-hmm. i think's going to happen i don't think you can get rid of carmelo i don't think carmelo wants to leave and i think he wants to spite phil jackson for coming out and and Ooh. doing this to him. I don't think that Carmelo's going to leave, and I don't think Carmelo should leave. I think Phil Jackson's handling this terribly, and that's shown by Carmelo Anthony, or, or, I'm sorry, r- reports coming out that Christoph Porzingis has skipped exit meetings with the Knicks management due to frustration over what he per- perceives as dysfunction. This is dysfunction in the New York Knicks. Well, that has to do a lot more than just Phil Jackson. Yeah, I mean, obviously James Dolan. James Dolan. But, but Phil Jackson is... Mello's a part of it, too, a little I, bit. But I would say Phil Jackson coming out and mm-hmm. bashing Carmelo and, and just seeing... Uh, the way that the organizations run, that stems from the guy who helps run the organization in Phil Jackson. It obviously comes from James Dolan. We know that you know the Knicks have not been good in the time that he's been owner, at least from 2000. To, to now, uh, you only see a couple spurts in there, a couple years that they've you know made the playoffs. But outside of that, they haven't been you know a force in the NBA. Uh, you look at the you know obviously you look at Dolan, you look at Phil Jackson. Um, I, I just don't see. This this Knicks team getting anywhere anytime soon because the t- the guy that you're supposed to be building around is frustrated with your team and I don't think James Dolan's going to get rid of Phil Jackson James mm-hmm. Dolan's not going to get rid of himself and I think those are the two biggest problems with the New York Knicks is Phil Jackson and James Dolan I don't think it's Carmelo Anthony I don't think it's Kristaps Porzingis I think it's the people running the organization and again I'm not a fan so New York Knicks fans I know you guys will tell us what the true problem is but I think I'm not you know yeah. missing the mark here by saying it's Phil Jackson off. and James Dolan yeah. And uh, again, when you have so much dysfunction in the ownership, it's hard to get a good team vision going forward and really sell Kristoff's on. Here's how we're going to build around you. Here's how we're going to plan around you. I think it's just a cloud of mellow is still hanging there. And it's like, that's number one on the list. Once they, once mellow is moved on from the Knicks, like it's kind of like partying the clouds in the sky. You get some sunshine, you get Mm -hmm. some fresh air. And I think that one of the things like, for Melo, I just think that, you know, we talked about it earlier this year with the Clippers being an option, with them, you know, almost for sure going to lose J.J. Redick, and then the options for a couple other players, uh, I think that they're going to have the money, and they could reload and be like, you know what, maybe we would rather have Melo on this team. Is this not a similar the situation I think in my head is the Knicks are going through right now mm-hmm. exactly what the Lakers did with Kobe. The big difference is no. Kobe's was the retirement tour, and it was the last few years you're thinking, no, well, you know what, Kobe's not what he used to be. This Laker team obviously isn't as good as they were. And then it was that last year. This is that same thing to me, except different in the fact that it's not a farewell tour. It's the Knicks can't start a rebuild, can't start to get better until Melo is gone and moved on. I think kind of with with what you're saying there is that the rebuild won't get started unless Carmelo's yeah, off. Yeah, exactly like the Lakers. Carmelo, Lakers couldn't start I, their rebuild unless Kobe was gone. I think it, I think in that sense, yes, but it's completely different in every other way because yeah, they, no, they signed they signed Kobe, but also didn't want to get rid of Kobe. Yeah, they kept Kobe because Kobe was a, a no, legend. No, I'm saying in LA. they're yeah. polar opposites, just, but in that main yeah. core, core central, I, they're the same. I just think that this this whole thing's a fucking mess because you signed Carmelo to that contract, and Carmelo signed it mm-hmm. and wanted to stay in New York because of the money. Mm-hmm. The only thing, the, the, the biggest problem is uh, Phil Jackson didn't have the, the hindsight to see the the time that New, uh, Melo did spend in New York. Obviously, he had that great. 
uh, you know, 26 games or whatever when he came over from the, the Nuggets. But outside of that, Carmelo hasn't been, you know, fantastic. Carmelo hasn't been, you know, in top five in the MVP races uh, no. in New York. He hasn't been lighting it up like he used to in Denver. Um, you you look at that team and they just have done nothing pretty much with Carmelo at least making a splash in the playoffs. Um, I just I just don't see any cohesive cohesiveness on that team at all. I mean. Just Carmelo is is a blob out there, and I'm not saying that like from a play stand, but just like like if you put him on a different team, I think Carmelo could be a very useful player. Player, well, yeah. I, think I mean, Carmelo's he's still, still an elite scorer when yeah. he wants to be. He can still get you some boards. He can pass. It's something he has but grown his game a little bit. He doesn't want to be there. He uh, doesn't want to yeah. be there. Phil Jackson doesn't want him there. James Dolan, I don't know what he. I just doesn't want Charles Oakley there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what what's going on with Hornacek. I can't grade his performance because then again, I don't think he has the same right team around him. It's kind of like with Fred Hoiberg, where he doesn't yeah. have the true guys mm-hmm. for his system around there. Kristaps doesn't really, you know. Obviously, with this coming out, this is the most concerning thing that Kristaps doesn't want to be there and is frustrated with the ownership because that's the guy that you're supposed to be building around. It just goes back to the constant thing that we talk about that the Knicks are just a complete fucking mess because of James Dolan and because of Phil Jackson. They didn't have the hindsight to realize that Carmelo Anthony was not the star that they that he was when they re-signed him and especially not to that contract he was. Yeah, Obviously, long you're gonna, term and no trade clause. You're, you're, uh, yeah, was... I mean, you're gonna pay Con, uh, Carmelo max money. Mm-hmm. That's it's just gonna yeah. what's gonna happen. But it's the no trade clause. I think that's the the real killer yeah. here because. I don't understand why you're bashing a guy with a no-trade clause before he's not off your team. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't, and I don't understand what, where they're going to go with a rebuild either. Because if Kristaps doesn't want to be there, then that pretty much throws a complete wrench in, well, in in their rebuild. And the one thing this is going back a little bit when Sean, you were saying like, oh, I don't know why Phil is coming out and saying this about Melo when he's trying to trade him. The only thing in my mind I can think is that Phil was sitting there and going, okay, we can try to trade him, but realistically, who's going to want, A, who's going to want that money, and B, who's he going to want to play for? Those two aspects are not going to line up because the teams that he's going to want to play for are, like Dave said, the playoff teams that don't want to take on a ton of money. So with me, I'm starting to think Phil Jackson, with all this bashing of Carmelo, is kind of a saving face move to where it's like when what probably happens is we get through the end of the 27-2018 year, they exercise the early termination by Mello. We're splitting ways because it's not going to work here. When that ends in the face of the fans, Phil doesn't want them to go, well, who should we hate, Mello or our management? If he does this now, kind of lays the groundwork now when it happens – the fans will hate Mello, and Mello will be thrown under the bus, and the pitchforks and everything and the torches will be going for Mello, not for him. I don't think him. that's true at all. I think Nick fans understand what happening. I, what's what's happening. I think they see that Phil Jackson's just tanking this. I think they are frustrated with Phil Jackson, the fact that he hasn't been able to bring a playoff team in his tenure at, at, at his position with the New York Knicks. I think they're frustrated with James Dolan because of the lack of success they've had under them. I don't think this is going to fall on Carmelo Anthony because Carmelo Anthony's just being treated like shit right now. You brought him in you signed him you gave him the no trade deadline a trade trade clause and now you're bashing him before trading him when you're making a trade in fantasy football you when you want our guy you're not going to bash the guy mm-hmm. that you're giving up you're not going to well, be like well i don't think he's going to be doing yeah. anything well, and that's I, why I, you're not you're not going to sell him short you're going to try to sell him as high as possible well, no, so you no, get the no. guy that you want and that's what i'm saying realistically in his head he's like he's sitting there thinking before they even started trading him realistically we're not going to be able to trade him 
So I need to do this to kind of save face. How is he so saving face, though? Because, because it just looks bad every, PR-wise. And it's everyone, and everyone picks a side in the end. When something breaks up, you either go after side A or side B as the side you hate. And he wants fans to go after Carmelo and be like, yeah, that Melo, he was a bum. We didn't need but him. Then, but I still think that that's going to stay true. And, and sorry yeah. to cut you off. Mm-hmm. I still think that fans will see Carmelo as a little bit of a bum, but I still think they're going to blame Phil Jackson for the majority of that. I would still say majority of fans would blame Phil Jackson and blame James Dolan. And especially if this leads to Kristaps going off the team because of the dysfunction, Carmelo's not creating this dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson, who's supposed to be the leader, who's supposed to be uh, putting the this Zen team together— master. James Dolan, who's the owner of this team, is supposed to be building this in in the image of New York, in the image of what he thinks a team should be. Those are, are the people that are to blame who run the franchise. Carmelo doesn't run the franchise. This isn't like you know Coach LeBron. Carmelo isn't running the New York Knicks. Kristaps is getting upset with management and not yeah. this. So if if you if you have majority of fans going against Phil Jackson and they lose Kristaps, that's not saving face. That's just hurting yeah, but your that, chances. That's not, they're not going to lose Kristaps because he's basically going to be a Nick through the 2018-19 season, and then he's a restricted free agent. How many times do we really realistically see restricted free agents? But, but it's again, a, you're you're saying we're going to cut a talented player. And just get no value back for him, and that's okay. And Freeze up cap space. Yeah. And so if you have what a disgruntled player on your team, and if you're trying to build around a player who your core is Kristaps mm-hmm. right now, and you're like, that's okay if he can be angry at us. He's still under contract. No. No, that's not. You don't want to build around somebody who absolutely doesn't want to be there. That's like Paul George when they know he doesn't want to be there. So why would they Why would they go out and you know like incite hate out of him for the organization if they're like, no, no, you're still the future. Don't worry about it. And even if See, you don't want to play and, it too bad, and, and all you're I don't get, think there's a question. And, and all you're going to get, future. and all you're going to get is no, another it's Carmelo. Yeah. It's just if he is the future, you don't want to make him unhappy with the organization. You want to make sure that there's a road for him to see that there's a path mm-hmm. that we're going to put you on, and we're going to get you a team around you, and we're going to make you a great, and we're going to get to the playoffs, and we're going to do this together. Not like, hey, we'll, we'll deal with you later. We got to do with this mellow thing. I know you're angry, but too bad. Deal with it. Just play for well, us. And the no other thing, years. right now, you have dysfunction. You you have a, same, a player like that right now with Carmelo Anthony who doesn't want to play for the Knicks, who yeah. doesn't want to be on that team, and now you're just having a, a Carmelo Anthony who doesn't yeah. who isn't playing to his full ability. Why would you? Why would? Why is your if you're Chris honestly? Stops, if you're in this situation where you're locked in, why are you going to be like, yeah, I'm going to give it all to my this team right here because they're treating me like shit, and I don't feel like I, this team's going anywhere. Why would you want to play for that team? It's like going to a shitty job for you know whatever how many years he can be locked up for. So, but the thing with that, first I'll start with the Kristaps Porzingis thing. It's a, I'm not saying it's not okay for him to be upset, and I'm not saying the Knicks shouldn't try to talk to him now to kind of douse the flames, but the Knicks don't have to worry about him going anywhere because he's going to be a Nick until after the 2019 season. You can sit there. You can give him a plan. You can make sure but that, he's okay, not it's happy. All... He's not going no, to no, play well. No, no, Dave, that's what I'm saying. You can do all the things and say, here's the plan, here's yep. the thing. But in all realistic odds, he's a Nick until 2019. So on the business side, you don't have to worry about him leaving. To me, the biggest problem with this team, there are two players that need to get off the books so that the Knicks can basically gut this and maybe look to free agency and a little bit of the draft. They do have a draft pick this year in the lottery. Is Melo? They need to get rid of him. And the thing with with the How thing are they that wait get wait rid wait of him, the I'm thing that you said with oh, Melo doesn't want to play for this team. But if Melo really wanted to be off the Knicks, the no trade clause would have been waived. That's just what I think. Is if he really wanted to be off the Knicks, 
He would waive the no-trade clause and let him kind of trade him wherever he wants. He's number one that needs to move, whether that's via trade, whether that's via the early uh, termination. He needs to go. Also, Joakim Noah. He is under contract until the 2021 season. How are you going to get him off the books? How are you getting him off the books? you got to trade him. Who the fuck wants Joakim Noah? Exactly. That's the situation they're in. Take Joakim Noah. You would. That's the situation the Knicks are in. To me, Joakim Noah is a bigger what the fuck that, are we going like to do Sixers. than Carmelo? That's like a Sixers. You're going to give the Sixers a first-round pick just to eat his contract. I don't even think the Sixers would want that. At this point, I, probably not. I don't think that. I, I, How agree. smart it's, do the Bulls look for getting rid of Rose and Noah for what they got? What Looking they, back what did they get for Noah? They didn't get Jose for Noah. Calderon is the only thing I remember, and that was the Rose trade. Yeah, they let Noah walk. They let Noah walk. I mean, so it was just they got Jeremy Grant. contracts all around. But they got uh, Jeremy Grant and Robin Lopez. Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing I keep coming back to is I feel like Carmelo doesn't necessarily want to leave town, but he's kind of putting money in his own stock here saying, yeah, no, I'm going to play here because that's, you know, that's my thing. So if you want to get rid of this management asshole who doesn't know what he's doing, you know, maybe we could, you know, get back on track here because he seems to be thinking that it's about 50-50 chance that he's going to stay or he's going to go. Or Phil's going to stay or Phil's going to go. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Mello doesn't necessarily want out, but he wants thing. He wants change yeah. one way or the other. And it, it's at this point, it's not unreasonable to think that Phil could get removed from his position. Yeah. It's not unthinkable that James Dolan could get removed. So it, mm. it's... Well, James Dolan's the owner. I know, but we've seen owners get taken out yeah, before. I mean, it's... Yeah. That's for saying racist stuff. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that's not it's a Donald just, Sterling situation. Their fan hatred causes things. And that's all I'm saying. It's like... I feel like Carmelo isn't like peace. I'm done. It's it's more of a hey. I really want Phil gone, and I really want this organization to get back to where they should be. Otherwise, I'm done. I mean, honestly, Melo's been consistent. Melo had a better year than he did last year. I mean, Mello, right? it's not like Melo's a bad player. It, yeah. it, it, and Melo's mm-hmm. in the the kind of the position of power right here because, like you said, he doesn't need to go. Mm-hmm. He, he he again. The, he's got the. I don't. Again, I, the early termination. I'm not sure if the Knicks can terminate that contract or, or if Melo terminates that contract, but. Again, he's still locked up for what two more years for sure. Uh, he's got this next year for sure, and then after okay. this next so he's, year, he's still there for uh, you know, year. another year mm-hmm. if if he doesn't want to if he doesn't waive that no trade trade clause. So pretty much, Phil Jackson's going to have to deal with him for another year because yeah, I, I get I, I get Carmelo can you know can if he wants to actually win, he can go somewhere else. But then again, he's only thirty two years old. He can wait. He'll still be as good as he is in thirty you know when he's thirty four years old. He can still make a ton of money there. And I still think New York Knicks fans generally like Carmelo Anthony. I don't think they dislike Carmelo. And the one thing I'm going to cut you off really quick because the Knicks are fucked. You want to know why? I just looked up on NBA.com. Early termination option. An early termination option gives the player the right to end the contract. So So the Knicks are screwed. They can eat the contract and release him. That's that's the Knicks' only option if he won't well, waive the no trade. Well, no, Mello is the one that says no. They can release this. him. They can pay okay. off his contract and release him outright. And that's a ton of money. That is in twenty-seven point yeah. nine million for that last year. Then, well, if he if they do it this if year, if he does forty, yeah. yeah, fifty something. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's not gonna that's happen. The thing. It's just it's, not gonna happen. And that's why I feel like Phil might lose out on this battle, or they're gonna have to wait it out for one more year. And hope that something changes. You can't release him. You can't trade him. You can't do anything with him. So it's really you either get you either stick it out with him and Phil, or you get rid of one of them, and then that would probably clear up the the Kristaps message would. because Kristaps, like you said, 
he even said in the, in the thing, it's just, I don't know, there's no communication. And there's no communication right. between Hornacek. There's no communication between Phil. Phil's trying to make him run a certain offense, but Phil also is bashing his team. I don't understand Phil's position. I, I no, don't. I really no. doubt. Is he, the, is he a GM? Is he, uh, is he a coach? He's supposed to be the president. president. So yeah. like Theo. Yeah. But yeah, he's but the, he's, he's not. <laughs> when have you ever heard Theo being like, "Hey, Joe Madden, I think you should bat. I think you should bat the pitcher eighth, then have a, a guy batting, you know, a catcher batting ninth. He, they don't. He doesn't See, do that because but, he lets well, the manager go. Yeah, that's he the lets pro- the coach. That's coach. the problem. And the thing between that is, Theo was never a manager before becoming a uh, president of baseball. Yeah, Phil operations. Jackson's one of the best coaches of Phil all time. Phil Jackson. It's one of those things where, hey, I've got a lot. I've got this many rings. I think I know what I'm Phil, talking about. Phil needs to learn his position. Pat Riley mm-hmm. did it. Pat yep. Riley learned Pat his Riley position. He knew when to step in. He knew when to transition. Yeah, and and knew, Pat Riley has been successful but he, yeah, in the but front he's, office. He's known when to step in, and he's known when to just leave it. Right. The, the, the Heat sucked, mm-hmm. but he knew what Spolster can do. And look, with, look the second best record in the All, after the All-Star break. Pat Riley has done the successful. I think that Phil Jackson should learn from Pat Riley. And the one thing I've kind of been thinking is through this whole conversation, I'm looking at the standings right now for mm-hmm. this year, and I'm thinking, who would want to trade for Mello? And I'm looking at playoff teams because, no. honestly, that's where Mello mm-hmm. would want to go. Who are teams that could use Mello to maybe get over a hump? And I came up with three. They're all in the Western Conference. I don't think he's going to get traded here. I just want to throw out teams so that our fans have some kind of Take concrete away. evidence. <laughs> The Houston Rockets, the L.A. Clippers, the OKC Thunder. Huh. The Clippers I didn't work anything out with. The Rockets I tried. They don't have the money to work anything out. I, have a, I don't think they want I have either. a Thunder trade. Are you guys ready to hear a crazy Thunder trade? Mm-hmm. Bring it, tinfoil. The Thunder would be receiving Carmelo Anthony and Lance Thomas. The Knicks would be receiving Cantor, Oladipo, and Dougie McBuckets. That's awful. That's what you would need to in order fuck? to— because the one thing that's also, the Knicks can't just trade Carmelo straight up because they'd be over the luxury tax. So that's why I had to throw Lance Thomas onto this deal. I don't know about that. I don't know about that trade at all. <laughs> I, I, it I works. Think, I, it doesn't that's make you feel what good. I'm saying. It works. I'm not saying it would happen. I think, I'm just saying it works. I think it's Ola, that small Venn diagram, you know, mm-hmm. where the two circles overlap. There's only a few teams in there. I think Oladipo, I think, I think Anthony's an upgrade over Oladipo. I, I, but then again, do you want to get rid of the speed that Oladipo has? Well, in my mindset, Carmelo doesn't have speed. Mello would be, it a would score. basically be that's, your Batman yeah. and Robin be with nice. Russ and Mello. Yeah, and no, I understand that. Cantor, I mean, you've got Steven Adams, so, and I mean, Cantor kind of was injured this year anyways. He's still an uh, offensive I know, I know, I know. He punched um, a chair. <laughs> Oladipo's one of those, it's 6.5 for five years. Do you want to give that up? And then Dougie is, to me, you can trade him without batting an eye. Yeah, no, Dougie is valueless. I don't so. know. I, I, I think he stays in the Knicks. I don't think he's going to trade it. I think that Phil Jackson isn't going to be able to get rid of him. And I, you do do you feel him. like they're going to swing know? again at free agency for the, for the fences? Yeah, no miss. Miss. I know that's just it doesn't. It, yeah, no miss at every so, single so player. We're, we're keeping Melo, and we're gonna try again for players a push. already in the organization are frustrated. Why mm-hmm. the hell they see what's happening with Carmelo? Why would any free agent be like, yeah, that makes sense? The only players that will go are like a Joakim Noah, a, a Timothy Mozgov, guys who have been injured, need a second chance. And you're like, oh, you're gonna pay me seventy two million dollars over four years? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Especially Joe Kim Noah. He's probably like, yeah, I got so much security right now. It, it, it's it, there's not going to be able to bring in any huge free agents. And, and uh, Colin Coward was talking about the Dallas Mavericks not being able to bring any free agents in. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like big names. Yeah. In the last fucking superstar that the Knicks brought in through free agency that wasn't a complete bust. Stephon Marbury bust. Allen Houston bust. They Barnyani bust. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just uh, trying to say Stoudem- names. Stoudemire. Uh, Stoudemire bust. 
Yeah. Complete bust. Yeah. They bust. They can. They they always swing Any and names miss. coming to the Knicks. Eddie Curry. The only one I think of is uh, I remember him mostly for his on the Knicks oh. and then afterwards Latrell Sprewell. Yeah. So nah. they swing and miss all the time. Yeah, I, I think Melo's stuck on the Knicks, and I think that it's it's a you budge first kind of a situation, and they're not good enough to tank all the way down, so they're going to keep getting you know interesting non lottery pick, you know lottery, but that mm-hmm. like fringe. I mean, they only got seventh this year, so we'll see yeah. what happens. Any final thoughts on the Knicks? I mean, it's a complete dumpster fire, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Nick fans, but I'm glad I'm not a Nick fan. At if, least my dumpster yeah. fire is just fire garbage. No, I mean, if they weren't in New York, they could do something really uh, like super tanky, and I'd love it because that's my that's the way I go. But they're in New York; they're going to keep mellow. He's going to draw names and people and money, and that's that's all it's all about. I can't wait to talk about this in three more months. I can't wait because it's going to be draft some, time. Is he going to get traded the draft? Some crap's going to come up where the yep. Knicks talk about this. Phil Jackson's could in the be news a month, running could his be mouth. Two. It's going to be something, but we're going to be talking about the next when it comes up. But let's move on to my boy, Miles Bridges. Uh, He declared that he's going to be returning back to Michigan State for his sophomore season. Uh, What what time does it say when he uh, announced it? Three more years. Three more years. Three more years. Uh, I don't know about three more years, but Miles Bridges is a guy who was uh, in my top ten for my last mock draft. Uh, He's going to be coming back to uh, the NCAA and trying to win a uh, national championship with the Michigan State Spartans. Not too surprising because, you know, Michigan State guys have, have, have kind of had a, a history of staying back, Denzel Valentine, uh, mm-hmm. Draymond, I think it's an uh, Izzo Gary thing. He's Harris. Just, yeah. he, he builds the right environment for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's his face? Uh, went to the Grizzlies last year. Uh, he was he, uh, Deontay Davis. He was uh, a one and done. Uh, and then uh, I forget the other guy who was a one and done. But pretty much most of the guys, like you said, they built yeah. a culture of uh, of coming back. So not too surprising that Miles Bridges come, came back. It's kind of surprising because of his talent. Um, but you really look at his, his whole package, uh, especially coming from Michigan State. It's not too surprising now after the fact. Um, do you think he's making a mistake, though? No, not at all. And the reason why is the only way he would be making a mistake is if he gets injured. And he hasn't gotten injured yet, so it's not a mistake. <laughs> so <laughs> if he such gets a... injured, it will be a mistake. Yeah, but I, it's one of those things where unless it's a freak injury where no one can obviously see that coming, yeah. I don't think it will. Because I look at this season, and I actually love this decision for him to come back. Maybe it's because I'm more on the college side mm-hmm. than the NBA side. But the thing with Michigan State, you got to understand this year, they started out horribly in Michigan State's eyes. Mm-hmm. They lose to Arizona, they lose to Kentucky, lose to Duke, lose to Baylor, lose to Northeastern even. And Izzo actually told his team at the beginning of the season, I'm sorry for basically making our schedule too hard in the non-conference. They finish, mm-hmm. what, their record at the end of the season was 20-15 uh, and 15 after tournament games, 10-8 and eight in the Big Ten. And I just look at what every other team is losing. Wisconsin's losing players. Maryland's losing Mellow Trimble. Caleb Swanigan is leaving Purdue. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where Illinois at, sucks. Well, Illinois yep. behind them. I'm looking at the teams yeah, above them. Illinois I sucks, mean, though. Michigan's losing some big talent Walton. this year and Wagner. Um, really, the only team that has eye in the sky with them is Northwestern, who's right with them. If I'm Miles Bridges, I'm going, fuck that. I'm coming back. I'm going to win a mm-hmm. national title. And I love how he said, I got some unfinished business. Yeah, I'm going to win an NCAA title. And I, I completely agree because you look at 
uh, you know what he did do. I mean, you look at uh, you know obviously what he did. Nick Ward, that guy mm-hmm. got better and better. I mean, in the tournament, he was killing it. Uh, Joshua Langford, uh, Cassius Winston. I mean, there's four guys right there that are complete studs on that team. Michigan State's my favorite, at least to, to win the national championship. I know that's not what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's a mistake because yes, I agree with you, but also I just I love Miles Bridges. I look at this kid and he's got an NBA body already as as a 19 year old. He's going to be older, and we really haven't seen guys like saw sophomores and freshmen mm-hmm. recently be top 10 picks but you also look at the prospect pool at least I'm looking at Chad Ford and what he did for his top 10 prospects of 2018 he said mm-hmm. that four guys are stars you look at this this draft that he's currently is he's sitting at like ninth or 10th uh, mm-hmm. when I put him in my big board he's sitting like ninth or 10th uh, with the current field but right now he's a guy that can compete for a top five spot at least looking at, at looking at what Chad Ford's talking about I, these guys in 2018 I was yeah. gonna I was gonna say this book it now put it on the whatever you want I'm saying the way too here. early Next year, when we get to the draft, when we have our who should be the number one pick, we're going to be debating between Michael Porter Jr. and Miles Bridges. I don't know about that, but I think he's definitely going to be a top five pick um, and close to it just because, again, of his abilities. I mean, people saying he's needed to work on a shot, but you also look at his, his shooting percentage. The kid's shooting like 38% from mm-hmm. three. He's super talented. Um, you, he struggles at the free throw line, which is probably the reason why you're thinking, well, he, need, he mm-hmm. needs to work on a shot. And, um, That's mechanics, yeah, I mean, repetition. But also you look at his mechanics, and it's, it's just something where it's more of a slow release, and he... he doesn't take the shots at the right time. No. Um, but, I mean, I, I look at him, and I see he's still got a nice-looking jumper. Um, so, I mean, I look at him, and, and you see his athletic ability. If he can work on his ball-handling skills, um, and, and just and just because, you know, you look at a guy that you, he compares to, Jason Tatum, uh, Josh Jackson, those guys that are at least in his, mm-hmm. his field— He's a slower guy. He's not a guy that's going to be able to, you know, be a point forward. Right. Um, but if he can develop into a guy that might be able to ha- have some possessions where he is a point forward and also be a guy who can back you down in the low post like a LeBron James can, not saying he's going to be like LeBron James, Whoa. but if he can be a guy that can use that big body, back a guy down, and then, you know, hit a fadeaway jumper, I really like Miles Bridges, and I think that he can be a fantastic player. And again, looking at the four guys that uh, Chad Ford said are going to be for sure, like, Prospects mm-hmm. are for sure studs coming out. He's got Michael Porter Jr., like you mentioned, uh, Luka Doncic. Don, Don, I have not worked on any of these pronunciations from Slovenia. A, yeah, a guy from Slovenia, uh, and he's a guy that had some unreal uh, passing. I've mm-hmm. seen some of his highlights, and yeah. Chad Ford put said he's the most heralded international prospect I've ever scouted, and he's at seventeen. He's seventeen years old. He was seventeen years old already starting and averaging eight points per game in the best league in Europe. So I mean, high praise is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and, the, and then Muhammad Bamba as well. So I mean, these, these are four guys that are probably going to be top four for sure one and done's because of their age right. and because of their ability but then again miles bridges if he comes out next year i still think he'd be a top five pick yeah no i mean he, what he has already is a fantastic body of work and he gives you everything you want out of a modern day uh wing which is awesome like he's super dynamic like you said though it, it comes down to uh some of the lateral quickness and the ball handling that he can touch up and to be honest like I don't even mind it because going back, like learning from learning under Tom Izzo is probably one of the best things you can do mm-hmm. as a young basketball player. He's one of the most heralded coaches in college basketball. Uh, if you got to pick his brain for another year, that'd be great for your own development and growth. My big concern here, as as it always is, is like if you have a hundred percent shot to make six million dollars, or if you want to go ahead and risk it if you get injured, and maybe that takes it the, the chance of an injury. Who knows the chance of what your draft stock could drop to. I mean, 100% versus question mark, I'm probably going to lean towards the guaranteed money and developing on an NBA team and with NBA trainers and year-round 
NBA focus versus the the school work kind of a mix, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's missing out on money. He's missing mm-hmm. out a ton of money. But uh, that could pay this. dividends if he plays going well from, this season well, and gets more money if he's a top three. Going from, you know, 10 to 15 range mm-hmm. to hopefully one to, five. 1 to 5 yeah. at, at best possible But even chance. if he stays where he is, if he's able to win a national yeah, so championship. if you Ivan Rob it and you're, you know. Yeah, if you Ivan Rob it mm-hmm. and you go. You, you don't I mean, improve you can, your game? You can completely fall off the floor. And I mean, Ivan Rob just got worse. I mean, if, if you know. Uh, what's his? If, uh, Miles Bridges continues to put up like 16 points per game. He's probably like he's still, still a lotto. Yeah. He's still going to be a lottery pick. Do we really think he's going to rob it though? No, I think he's. Gonna, I didn't think yeah, I, I think rob gonna, would either. Though. I think he's going like, to skyrocket. There's nothing about mm-hmm. his game that said he would, which is kind of. But then again, he was so. also playing with Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. So elevates and, the people around you. Yeah, and then you look at that team. And I think they're only losing Iran uh, Harris, who, and they also lost their coach, who's yeah. now in Mizzou with Michael Porter Jr. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, you look at you look at the players that. Ivan Rob lost, and Ivan Rob maybe was just a little bit too overhyped mm-hmm. because of he's kind of like a, it might, might be a player that plays off players mm-hmm. um, instead of being the guy where Miles Bridges was the guy already. And I, th- I think that he's not going to have that 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 fallout. But you, the one thing I do worry about is will he be that good of an NBA player? Because looking at Michigan State players, yes, Draymond Green's there and he's a fantastic, but Denzel mm-hmm. Valentine, we don't really know what he's been able to do. Uh, Gary Harris has been pretty decent for the Nuggets, but then outside of that, I mean, you got Deontay Davis, again, way too young to call anything. Yep. Uh, Zach Randolph has been fantastic, but I mean, that was more of an older player. Like, recently we haven't seen guys step up big. I mean, Jason Richardson. I'm glad you said recently, because I was going to say, oh man, this guy Magic Johnson, I don't know what he's been. Okay, I don't I'm know saying what he did. Izzo era. I, 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 don't, I don't know what Magic Johnson Jeez, did. I'm saying like 2000s. <laughs> uh, but like Zach Randolph, uh, Jason Richardson, uh, Draymond, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I can't name stars that have come out of Michigan State. I mean, I think I would think Draymond is a star, but not as like... Draymond's a the star. Same, not the same way that you would think of like Steph Curry or LeBron. It's not because he's a great athlete. He's a face and he's Everybody a star. Knows. Like, Everybody yeah. knows Draymond Green. But the thing that like... The thing that I look at Tom Izzo players and I Draymond's the perfect example is it's one of those things where they don't need to be. Like Steph Curry can be the guy for... The Warriors, Draymond Green knows his role on that team, and he's just going to be a good a good guy for that great team. Guy. A great guy for that team, and that's what I think it is. And like Dave said, they've built a culture at Michigan State, and the thing I love the most is when you listen to him talk to the crowd, he goes, I got some unfinished business, and he like, kind of like holds his hand in front of his face like because he's shy in front of the crowd. And then he goes, I want to win a national title. And to me, that's the most important because it kind of puts some value into that where Mm -hmm. it wasn't a, well, yeah, I want to come back because I want to improve my draft stock. Of course, he's not going to say that to the crowd, but it's one of those things where I I didn't hear that stock move. I think this is completely a complete. He wants to win a title. Yeah, he wants to win a title at Michigan State because he like I, I get a feeling from him that he bleeds that he bleeds that dark green, and do, that's do what you feel he is. like. Well, he's from Michigan too. Yeah, I, say, I get it. that. Do you, do you feel like there leads to some concern about whether he thinks he's going to be super successful in the NBA because he wants so. to go for a championship now? Like you see a lot of college players who know, like maybe I'm not going to be the best NBA player, but I can get a national championship in college. No, I think that plays more into being from Michigan, buying into the the ISO system. I think that's all that is because. I mean, yeah, I understand that, you know, maybe it's more of I want to win now, so in case I don't win later. That's what I'm saying. That I yeah. understand. But, I mean, then again, I mean, it, how many players go into the NBA thinking, all right, I'm coming here because I know I can win in the NBA and not in college. 
And the you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how many players have that mindset where, you know, Steph Curry's like, well, maybe Steph Curry. Ben Simmons, you know, But then again, they went to shitty programs. They didn't go to mm-hmm. Michigan State. I know. I mean, they, I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying it's just like I just it's it's just a question, and I'm not thinking he does. I'm just be, wondering. Like, do you feel like it's almost like a just in case I'm going to have this nice cherry on top? The reason why I say no, it's because when he made the decision, if he's making this decision after the combine, by the time we get to that deadline where you have to like solidify your decision, and he says, "Nope, I've gone through everything. I want to come back." Then maybe that's a pure draft move. But then, he's for me. he's made this move. So to me, early where there are guys that we haven't even heard declare for the draft yet that we're expecting to declare. So for him to make the move now, I think it is solely he's not like. Of course, there might be a little bit of a thought of where he could get drafted, but mm-hmm. I think more of his focus is on Michigan State playing for this team, winning a title. Yeah, I think that's all this is. I don't think it's anything about the draft stock because yeah, I mean you want to add that cherry on top, but then again, I think it's more. But I don't think it's he's doing it for a mm-hmm. cherry on top. I think it's because well, he wants to come back because a he said probably mm-hmm. to you know coaches or coaches it was like we can win mm-hmm. a national championship. And I think he sees that with his team. And yeah. Also, he's from Michigan. I think he yeah. just wants to win it because he probably grew up a Michigan State fan. Again, I don't know too much about his personal life. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that he grew up with Josh Jackson. I know that him and Josh Jackson played on the same high school team. Josh Jackson was supposed to go and he even called Izzo being like, hey, sorry, but I'm going to go to Kansas. Mm. Um, like he, he has Michigan in his blood. I think it's more of he just wants to help Michigan State win a basketball well, and I think uh, 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 championship. it also comes down to the mindset has to be, you know what, I'm just going to play my game, and I know I'm a good player, and you know what, if I play to the best of my abilities, all the draft stuff is just going to fall into place on its own. Well, I just got to go out there answer. and media play Media friendly guy right there. Well, it, that, well that's, the mindset, yep. that's the mindset you have to have as oh, a player. You can't worry about this draft stuff, all this what if, what if. I think just I'm just go out there and play your game. I think I'm kind of swayed because I watched that 30 for 30 on Calipari, mm-hmm. and that was phenomenal. By the way, if you guys haven't well, checked out, go watch it. We're but, not but, endorsed by ESPN. No, we're not. Not in any way, but it is a fantastic watch, and it kind of makes or you think read about... Or book. That was an amazing read. Uh, it makes you we're think about like, the, book, <laughs> the players who, if you've got a chance, you know, mm-hmm. invest in yourself. You are the lottery ticket kind of thing. And Well, and that's like, the culture that he's built at Kentucky. It's the culture he believes in because mm-hmm. it, uh, if you... Did you... Have you watched it? Yeah, I have not watched it. I, it was the story about how... Um, uh, what was his name? It was a first-round pick who went to Cleveland uh, who... Then medical issues out of the league within two years. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that's it. That's done. And what his life's year? over. Uh, I was like early 2000s. His life's over? No, like, like died, his, his career is over. Wow. Your, your... What, what was this? UMass or Kentucky? <laughs> Dave, no. Dave just goes, if you're, not the NBA, <laughs> if you're not in the NBA, your career, your life is over, yeah, man. Yeah, but then again, yeah. with, with... it was a Cleveland pick in the early, I want to say like 2002-2003. I forget the so name of the player. So was this a UMass kid? Jamal Crawford in 2000. I'm going to find it. All right. All right. Thanks, well, Ricky, for, what I, for What I want to mention is, is kind of going back to the Michigan State players. Um, I mean, you haven't really seen those guys break off, though. I mean, like the guys that make it to the NBA and that are stars in the NBA... It's like Jason Richardson, uh, Draymond Green, Gary Harris, Denzel. Like, you haven't seen those guys really get banged up. I mean, Denzel's probably the only one with, like, actual injury problems. And he had that in college, so it's not even anything new. And he played four years there. So, yeah. I mean, I think that Miles Bridges is making a, a good thing. One thing I want to bring up, though, is 
when you look at him play, because I have mine in mind, what player would you compare him to? Like looking back, because I think the one player that I would say is possibly Paul Pierce, but less of a shooter. Like he yeah, doesn't have that. Say, Paul he doesn't Pierce have a touch of Paul Pierce because I think he he works better uh, down low too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like I'm leaning away from Paul Pierce. I'm not sure exactly who I would comp him to. But he can drive. But he can. He can. See, like he's not just a post player. So I I, I say he's like. Because he's not that quick, and Paul Pierce wasn't that quick. Yeah. Um, but then again, Paul Pierce was like deceptively athletic. Yeah. And I feel like Miles Bridges is also deceptively athletic. But Paul Pierce wasn't a great passer. Miles Bridges wasn't a great passer. Like at least like point forward wise, like Paul Pierce Pierce can control your offense. Yeah. But he's not like a you know a point guard in so a this is, six this eight is body. The, this is the original Paul Pierce, not the version you see today. For anyone who hasn't watched early Paul or, Pierce, no, this is his so game was young, different. This is or, the yeah, truth. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This yeah. is the truth, not the the. The what's it called? The Make a Wish kid. <laughs> the Make a Wish kid. Um, but it was Dewan Wagner. Yeah, was who it was. He was oh, from he was Memphis. I don't think that. I don't think he fire. was German. I think it was just De- Devon Wagner. No, it's Wagner. Is it? Hmm? It's Wagner. That's how I say. Boom. It. No, it's just how my name's technically Vidmer. Okay, but I don't think that kid's German. Is <laughs> well, what I'm saying. I'm gonna say or Wagner. Polish. I'm gonna say Wagner. Either way, he was my last name's German. Extremely good player, and he came out in the NBA. And if he hadn't come out. He wouldn't have had medical coverage for the rest of his life. Okay. He, he, I'm, uh, it's an extreme case, but it's, it's one of those ones that makes you go, yeah. man, I can see the reason why I would give up any more time in college if you're guaranteed that kind of life-changing money. But then again, you could also, yeah, it's life-changing money. And I, I'm not saying it's not. But, uh, but you know, really it's more of what you want to do. And, and if he doesn't feel like he's going to get injured, I mean, it's tough to say, like, I'm making this because hey, no I'm No one feels a- like anxious. they're going to get injured. Yeah, I, well, I'm I anxious. Say, I'm, I'm anxious Derek about Rose is this. like, hmm, this knee, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling something funny over here. God, I, don't I cried when that happened. I don't think he's making a mistake. I just, that's just personally my I don't idea. think, I, I, I don't want to say a mistake. I just think that. I, if I were him, that's the question. If Dave, I were in his that's shoes, that's the title of the video. If is I were in his mistake? shoes, I would have came out. So, do you think he's making a mistake? Though, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, because because he might get injured. Yeah, and, and is it's it the money, money as well? It's guaranteed money, and you're going to a team that will be better this year than you're going to next year. I, I don't, I don't if know. you raise your draft stock, I don't think money's everything. I think Denzel Valentine's recognized at Michigan State. Draymond Green's recognized at Michigan State. Magic to be big man on campus in college. Ma- Magic's recognized as 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 big man on on uh, in, in, in state. You also look at a, a guy like you know Deontay Davis. That guy's not gonna be rec- re- no, you know remembered no, as a, a Michigan State Spartan if even if he takes off. So I don't know. I don't think he's making a mistake. I love it. I I don't yeah. think it's a mistake not at all. And the rookie. reason the reason I may be a little jaded is because this is what I want college basketball to be. Not necessarily the best players playing. Well, not just necessarily seniors, but like. I kind of hate the one-and-done thing because we see them for a year, and then they're in the NBA. This gives it one of those things where we get to see them a little bit more in the college world. And I know if you're a fan of like both the NBA and basketball, you're sitting there, but Ricky, I'm still going to be able to see them. But I'm talking just for the college It builds fans. kind of like a story for the uh, team, too. Like mm-hmm. You watch players who are like three-year players in college, and like you know, we might be talking about them later, but like Justin Jackson, where it's a guy like, you know, watching him come in from an elite prospect to watching him f- struggle early yeah. in his career well, and able and to grow and able just, to change his game. Not just is- that, you get the story of him on that team. They lose the national title on the. They hit, like, <laughs> Marcus Page hits what we thought was the leaner game winner. It's over. Most tied. And then Archie Diacono pass off to Jenkins, hits the game winner. It was tied, coming right? back, yeah, coming back from that. To winning the national title this next year, 
coming back and winning it the year after. You get those storylines when players stay. I'm not saying that everybody should be forced to stay here. I'm just saying that's what I like about college basketball, and I'm glad. I'm kind of glad that Bridges decided to stay. Do you know what? I, I wish that the, uh, the the rule was implemented uh, back when LeBron was a, a young boy. So he had to that, play. That he had to play at college because, He man, had to go to Akron and play for the be, Zips. Because, man, if that— if that, <laughs> He's a hometown kid, if, Dave. If, if uh-huh. that kid played college, uh, that, that's he's pro- currently putting up 14. Or would he go to Cleveland State? I don't know. If he's currently putting I think he up, might have got some offers from Jesus, I'm trying to end the segment. Ohio State I'm trying to end the segment here, guys. Do you think he would have been a Buckeye? Seriously, though. Anyways, tell us what you think <laughs> about Miles Bridges down in the comments down below. Uh, what I was going to mention is it would be crazy seeing a guy who's currently putting up 14, 8, and 4 and a half uh, in, in an NBA playoff game. But be ser- interesting. But seriously, what team do you think LeBron would have played for? I don't fucking know. Okay, okay. He probably just got wanna, offers from somewhere. Just want to throw it out there. We'll look it up after. Okay. We'll look it up after. We'll see. Okay. We, we see but we got to move on to overrated yeah, okay. prospects. We've okay. got to move on, Ricky. But let's move on now to overrated prospects. We talked about this last year. The guy who led the charge, the guy who was the thumbnail of our video, was Jalen Brown. And I will say whoops on that one. Oops. Um, he looks good. We'll see. But it's also, only one year. I will say he looks good, but also. Mm, it's only one year. Uh, he's playing on a I, I think he's playing great on a great team. Stick so team. Yeah. So I don't know if it's about a stack team, but he's playing on a good team. So, But Jalen Brown looks good. Uh, so uh, whoops. Um, but I think we're going to redeem ourselves, right? We're going to redeem ourselves. Dave, who is your most overrated prospect in the 2017 NBA draft? That's going to be Lonzo Ball. I, I just think that, you know, for someone who is a fantastic passer, no no undeserving credit there, but he can't create his own shot, and that's a major concern in the NBA. If you, I get being a pass-first point guard, that's fine, and, you know, he gets the whole team involved, and, yeah, he has the X factor, he brings leadership and whatnot, but if you can't create your own shot in the NBA, there is a cap for how good you can be. So where should he be going? Because you're saying he's completely overrated. I, like, I think overrated for two, yeah. So I, I don't. I think there are better people. I think. What players would you pick over Lonzo Ball? I would do Josh Jackson over him. I would maybe do Tatum over him. Um, and I might even be talked into someone else. But okay, so he's yeah. He's, so from like two to five. So he's overrated by one prospect. Like two to five, maybe. So he's overrated by one prospect. I just you he just get re- he's only talked about because of his dad. And that's, he, I don't think so. I think that his he was dad talked about well before. Because we were talking. Do you hear about Markel Fultz at all? No, you don't. Because no, guess what? His dad doesn't talk for him. He also wasn't on a national program like yeah. UCLA and led his team his to team a top sucked. number one ranking. I'm not saying that. I, I get that his team sucked, but he was still the best prospect in the nation, and he was likely the number one Debatable. overall draft. And you've heard one-tenth of the amount about Markel Fultz as you have about Lonzo but, Ball. But also, you were hearing about L- Lonzo Ball before LeVar Ball started running mm-hmm. his mouth back in January. No, exactly. He's been running his mouth before January. Uh, he started being picked up back in like January yeah. and, and kind of hitting saying. a full out of steam. The kid gets so much more press than he deserves. Well, it's one of those things where, I mean, first off, I'm going to say I feel like this is Dave just being angry at LeVar Ball. We lost a lot of people early. Being yeah, it's okay. over overrated prospect. But the thing with that is, like, the thing that LeVar Ball does well, and I know it might be like, well, what does he do well, is he's creating a brand. He's creating whatever that big baller brand or whatever yep, it that's is. His brand. The BBB. Yep. Um, that started in January because that's around the time where, okay, we got to start getting this going so that come draft time, the brand is already built. It's already talked about. I get the marketing way of why he's doing it, but I, 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 the face that I gave when you were like Lonzo Ball overrated, it's one of those, it would be like me saying, They're Markel saying he's Jason Fult- Kidd. It's one of those things, like if I said Markel Fultz is overrated, do you it's also asinine. Not, but do you also not, I see some comparison. I don't think that's a crazy comparison. 
his ability to grab boards, Josh, his ability to create similar. like that. Josh but Jackson yeah. is the only one. If you said I'd take Josh Jackson over Lonzo Ball, I would say, okay. If you said anyone else, I'd be like, you're fucking I would, crazy. I would agree with that, but I also think you need to know needs. I think you True. need to know needs. I think if you're saying, I need a point guard, I'm picking Josh Jackson over, it's like, all right, well, how? Well, you, you're an idiot, yeah. You need fair, to take, fair, well, cool. that or you really value Josh Jackson. I think right. that's the thing. Right. I mean, I don't think Alonzo Ball's over it at all. I don't think, I think, I think pretty I think much. I think the overall media coverage that really kills me on him. Like, but, he's but got is more media he coverage an overrated than prospect? Does that mean he's not going to, tra- do you just I not like him? I don't know. I honestly don't think he will, like, I think he's going to be a good NBA player. He might be a like two-time all-star but like he's not going to be a he's not gonna be a 10 we're talking overrated i'm i don't think he's gonna be a 10-time all-star i don't think he's all nba every year saying he's going to be that I think there's a lot of projections out there who say he is. I don't know about that. I think you're people, calling him Jason Kidd. But but also, you look at Jason. No, people are saying that he can he be like Jason Kidd. Jason I understand. Kidd. People are not saying he is going to have Jason Kidd's exact same career. He's also not the same height as Jason Kidd. I know. So, I mean, it's it, it's different. Like, overrated, I don't know about that. Because when I look at overrated, I have to look at someone who is getting the wrong attention. And, and people are saying that he's going to be a stud um, because of X things, but aren't taking in you know a different part of of of, uh, of his game, and that's the reason why he's gonna fall. A guy like that is jo- uh, Justin Jackson, not mm-hmm. Josh Jackson. Jesus Christ, we almost got more people clicking <laughs> off. Justin Jackson, a guy that's being put in the lottery right now, a guy who's a junior and really mm-hmm. is only blown up because of him being able to uh, improve his three point shot. But then and again, time. you got to look at the t- team that he was on. You look at the team that he was on in North Carolina. It was the best team in college basketball. They won the national championship. He was able to, yes, be a leader and be able to improve his uh, three-point percentage uh, to an unreal amount. I think it improved at 8% mm-hmm. uh, from 29% to, to 30, what, 7% or whatever it was. Just about, um, yep. But you look at him as an actual player, yes, he improved his three-point shot, but I look at him as a guy who might be a little soft, he's very slow, and he's not that good of an athlete Athlete for the NBA. I don't see him as a good defender because, again, he's slow, and I don't think he's going to be that quick going left to right defending NBA players, and he's not playing the most, you know, best athletes of athletes. You know, you look at Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, they were able mm-hmm. to beat UNC uh, early on, right? Or was that UCLA? I don't know, but the, if he's playing, uh, you know, high level athletes, I don't think he's going to be able to, you know, keep up with those players. What kind of soft is he? Is he S O F T or S A W F T? I'm not bringing up. Is that soft? No, I don't. But I just don't think he's a player that's going to be able to 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 keep up in the NBA. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be able to. My biggest thing with him is I know it's like you don't want to focus in on one game, but I'm going to focus in on the last two. <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to focus in on the last two. I mean, North Carolina, me, doesn't win that national championship if if Barry's not going off, if he's not going beast mode. And they're not even in that national championship game if Kennedy Meeks isn't grabbing on board. So that's kind of like what you're saying. It's not one of those things where I want to take anything away from Justin Jackson, but it's one of those things where, like you said, if that team isn't as stacked as it was, didn't have the same players that it did, they don't even get to where they were. They don't even win that game. That's the thing. He's a projected three and D player. He's not yeah, a guy. He's not a team be, on the back. He's not a guy that's worth a lottery pick. He's not a guy that's. Mm-hmm. He's he's a guy that's going to be. And today's NBA three and D of, could be worth a lottery pick though. But he's like a fourth or fifth guy, and he's not a guy that's like. A three and D guy is a guy that can shoot over forty percent in college. Not a guy that just found his three point shot and shot thirty. Oh, it's, it's nice to see improvement. To be dot. fair, you, know? you saw improvement, but then again, if his if his if his top game is thirty seven percent, 
how much of an improvement is that? How how much is that going to translate into the NCAA, NCAA, NBA um, from the NCAA? I don't think he's a lottery pick. I think that's where it's overrated. Mm-hmm. I think Fair. you look at that and you're. I well, think he can be very useful in the twenty to thirty range. I think that's a good pick. But when you're saying he's a lottery pick over some of these players like Justin Patton, Jared Allen, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. Well, that's, that's an overrated like, prospect. I I put Justin Jackson for me personally as early second rounder. Wow. I mean, you could take him he's, at the end of the first. Rounder. You could take him at the end of the first, but ideally I think that he'll fall a little bit and be that early second round. I'm not saying too far down, but maybe like one, two picks into that second round. I wouldn't be surprised if he's he's going to a playoff team like Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City. I think Oklahoma City, that's an upgrade over Roberson because Mm -hmm. Roberson's a great defender. But then again, you can have a guy that can develop into a 3 and D player if that is what you think he can become. He's a better three-point shooter than Roberson. You have that at least, and then at least you can have that mixture of a guy who Roberson who can play fantastic defense. You're a better three-point shooter than Roberson. Yeah, and then you you could take in a guy like Justin Jackson, and then if he does have that three-point shot that stays— then there you go. But he's not a guy that you know the Bulls should be taking it at, at mm-hmm. fourteen or fifteen yeah. or wherever they're slotted at. Um, there, it, it should not be a thing for the the Pistons <laughs> or or Hornets or whoever he's mocked to. That's ridiculous. He's not an overrated. He's, he is an overrated prospect. He's not a lottery pick. Well, that's like one of the players that I was going to bring up was Laurie Markkinen, and the reason why is to me like as I started to see more and more of his game, I just started to say. Yeah, okay, he can shoot. He can hit threes. Okay, like he's not a guy that's going to be a lockdown defender, might not even be a solid defender. Oh, so far he's out been on below the court. average. Yeah. It's one of those things where we saw his, with Laurie Markkinen, and Arizona proved this to me in the tournament, Unless you use him perfectly right, he's useless out there on the court. But then again, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think useless it's more. Well, it's one I think of those things. You were watching those games with me when Arizona just stopped going to him. Yeah. And it's like, well, if he can't defend and you're not going to go to him for jumpers, he's useless out there. Yeah, no. Outside jumpers is his jam. Um, the problem is, like, Arizona's trying to force a square, mm-hmm. you know, peg into a round hole. Yeah. Trying to force him to play inside, get a little grittiness to his game. He doesn't have that. He, he is like Ryan Anderson. He is a yeah. big with a sweet shot and a great touch on it, but he's he's slow for his size. I know that sounds stupid uh-huh. saying it's time for his slow, but he is. And he's not good. He's a defensive negative. So you have a lot of upside because not a lot of people have a seven footer who can shun, who can shoot like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's got to learn to defend better or hustle better. But then again, I think that's the thing where um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's something where Sean Miller he kind of took him out of his game and then that kind of threw off his game completely. I I agree to it. I point, I yeah. think that yes, I see where overrated's coming from, but that's why I have hesitancy to say mm-hmm. he's overrated because I, I understand where you're coming from completely. Because yes, you you haven't seen much from outside of that three point shot, but then again, you look at that three point percentage. He struggled to end the season and still shot forty two percent from three. And that's where it comes into play. Is I want to say I want to say he's overrated because of that. But in today's NBA, though, with the three point shot, I think that's the only re- that's the main reason I'll say why he's as high as it is because of how valued the three point shot is in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. It's if you're a team, you live and die by the three now. I, yeah. And it's one of those things where, yeah, you might not be able to defend, but, hey, guess what? The Warriors, besides maybe like, I mean, look at Steph Curry in the finals. Wasn't the greatest defender, but still one of the greatest players in the NBA. Well, the one of, yeah, I'll say one of the greatest players in the NBA. Oh, wait, what? Steph Curry. Oh, I was like, yeah. I was I almost going to say, I was always going to say the best, but then I just said one of the best. He's but one of the best. It's one of those things yep. where 
I'll get back to the point. Marketing, the only reason he's as high as he is is because of how well he shoots the three. But then again, yeah. I think you also see that ability, and, and he's not a t- he's slow, but he's not he's he's not a bad at- athlete for a seven-footer. Like, you can still see some sparks where he can attack the basket. He can be quick to the basket. I think that with his size being seven-foot tall, um, I, I think the toughness worries me a little bit because he's not a guy that can grab a ton of boards. You see a little bit where he gets over 10, 10 boards, but for a seven-footer, he should be getting 10 boards consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Brooke Lopez, though. I mean, Yeah, but then again, I mean, he's also not close to the basket. It's, it's tough, and it's hard to see where he really fits, and that's why I have a tough time saying he's overrated, but I also see why people say he's overrated because then again, yeah. like, you, know, you see the 42.3% sh- the three point shooting, and you're like, "Holy shit! Like that's unreal." Yeah, the the, the value of a three point shot versus the negative of defense it's it's a hard balance to make and in the nba you see guys who are brought in as offensive specialists and they just do their thing and you know what is is kind of thing but also how bad like how bad will he always be consistently be bad on defense and that you you hope you can teach somebody with that kind of size and uh length to him i mean the the one thing you can't do is the the speed and you can hide him a little bit you gotta try to, <laughs> but but that's the thing. You can you can end up hiding him a little bit if he does enough yeah. when he is put into pressure situations. I think you, I think you could be decent. I think if he's if he turns into a guy at least like what Kevin Love is on the Cavs now, um, where I know Kevin Love is is more tenacious, glorified spot up shooter at this point in his uh, role. Yeah, and I, I see mean, what you're saying. If he can if he can be a guy that. Um, when he's called on to be a defender, he can be a decent defender. When he needs to be a rebounder, he can grab some boards and he can hit the outside shot. I think that's going to be something that's very valuable in today's NBA, especially with his size too. I think he can be a decent pick and roll guy. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's it's tough to say mm-hmm. that. Like I, I just have a tough time saying he's I wanna, overrated. I want to throw out one more, and I'm right now on the NBA uh, Draft.net um, forums. And this was posted earlier today, the 15th. Someone posted BDD5115. One of the players, he said Malik Monk. And he goes, and I quote, I'm a fan of his. I just don't see him being that much more than an elite microwave guy slash six man of the year candidate. And that's fine. But I don't think that's the type of player is worth a top eight pick in a class as stacked as this one. I don't know. I, I I go back. And I forth saw that on and Monk. I was like, "It's interesting." Yeah, I go yeah. back and forth on him because again, Talked it's about like how inconsistent he is. But then again, if he finds that consistency, mm-hmm. then it's like, Dude "Holy is crap!" Fire. The guy can put up twenty four points a night. That's like, where you get the elite easily. microwave. Yeah. yeah, like that's the thing. Is it's a tough thing to say if at, mm-hmm. like if at worst he's a good six man. It's like, all right, well, I'll take a chance on that because at best he might be the scoring leader. Like he's a guy that <laughs> he's a guy that it's like he, at the end of the rookie year. I mean, it's probably going to be like Fultz and him for one, two, and scoring his rookies. I mean. It, it, There's a good chance of that. Yeah, it's it's depending it, on where they land, but yeah, I I, I see the the concerns with Malik, Malik Monk, and I see the concerns with like a lot of these guys. But, but yeah. when you have a, a, a draft class this loaded, mm-hmm. you need to find some flaws. I mean, when you look at uh, uh, Markel Fultz, it's like, well, how much is he a winner? Is he a leader? Going number one, is he worth mm-hmm. being a, a leader? At number one, intangibles. Yeah, because yeah, you know the what he can do on the court. Lonzo Ball, obviously, you mentioned the shot. Uh, yeah, the shot and the defense yeah. uh, give you concern because he doesn't the, have that quickness. The defense doesn't worry me too much. The shot Darren doesn't Fox worry exposed me. it, man. Well, D- well, De- Darren Fox is a different monster. Mm-hmm. But then again, At the Fo- NBA level, Darren you Fox have better athletes. But then well, again, Darren Fox can't shoot. And it depends mm-hmm. on what team he gets drafted to. I'm going to bring up Steph Curry again. Nowhere near an elite defender. 
but we don't pick out his defense unless there's a microscope on it in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Day-to-day in the regular season, we're not scoping in on Steph's Yeah, because you have people to cover like um, uh, Clay, Clay. Who, mm-hmm. who takes your best. Yeah. And that's I think that's what the and NBA is kind of like. A dream, you, you, mentioned, you also have a dream on. I mean, those guys yeah. can well, cover no, no, five well, players on their own. Absolutely. And that's that's kind of the interesting thing is like the NBA has kind of gone away from like the – say you're a two-way player. Mm-hmm. That's, like a, that's like a bonus. That's like a regular like thing Jimmy. in the NBA these days. You don't see that for everybody. Mm-hmm. So – I think we're getting to that point where you can kind of hide players' deficiencies by balancing out your roster. Well, so, yeah, it's, and another it's another thing that you say the shot that doesn't bother me either because a guy that we had just talked about, I want to say it was last week in Buddy Heald, he was shooting with the wrong hand, changed it. So like but something then like that could be in college, it's going to be in the NBA. Yeah, you but need you results. Can, you more can than still three change years. it in the NBA. It's not like oh well, no, came saying, to the NBA with that shot. That's the no, one it's not. His, it's not his form. It's his. It's his actual shooting percentage. Like he doesn't take mid range <laughs> shots. He's sucks. not elite at the hole. I'm so saying Lonzo. He's got I'm, the three ball, which got a funky fine shooting. Yeah, Lonzo's uh, got a weird shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's but what his more is he's too slow to create his own shot. Right, he's a guy that. Yes, you've seen him step back in college. I mean, sorry, yeah, you see, mm-hmm. you see him step back in college and hit from deep. But then again, with longer, more athletic players, can he do that? Right. And that's the question with Lonzo. I don't My think question that's actually is his teammate and TJ Leaf. Do you think he's overrated? Kind of getting that mm-hmm. perk of being on a team. I don't with think Lonzo we hear ball? enough of TJ Leaf. I think I think it's something where. You're not drafting him to be a number one or a number two. You're drafting him to be a complimentary piece, but mm-hmm. you can see him in a role as a complimentary piece, and he's damn good at it. Yeah, like he's a guy that I don't think he's going to be an NBA All Star, but I think he's a guy that's going to be an NBA starter for his whole career. You and know he's what? Good at it. You know what his ceiling is to me? A guy like Clay, a guy that was drafted. Wait, well, what? Li- just listen. Just listen. You're throwing out a big comparison. Just, there. just listen. The toaster. Shit. Just listen. It's a guy that, and I'm saying that's the absolute ceiling. Like it's one of those things where How? one of the greatest he's drafted. <laughs> you kind of overlook him because oh, he's TJ Leaf. But then it's like, wow, this guy's really good, and he develops into that. That's like the the top of his potential to me. To be absolute, to be a great top. shooting guard for a guy who's six eleven. No, I'm saying on the side of not an exact comparison. <laughs> I'm saying what you said. You draft him, and it's like they drafted Clay. No one thought Clay was going to be number two of the Splash Brothers, solid shooting guard for the Warriors for X amount but of years. But Clay wasn't a complimentary piece at Washington State. He was the piece. No, that's what I'm saying. He can develop into a piece. That's his ceiling of it. It's not just going to be, well, T.J. Leaf is on the bench. I don't know, but Clay could be his own star. I think if he wasn't on the if he wasn't on the Warriors, I think I'm he's saying what he is on the Warriors better. though. That is Leaf's. Ceiling. I don't know about that. I think because Clay's a star in his own right. I don't think TJ Leaf's going to be a star. I think if he goes to a team like the Pistons, he's going to be a good three three piece. You know, behind Reggie Jackson, if they keep him and and and, and Andre Drummond. I don't know about the the Clay comparison. Um, but I agree that, that again, we, absolute ceiling doesn't mean he's going to get there. I, but I don't think that's the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I think this is the wrong ceiling. I think you're or building the, the wrong roof? house. Is it the roof or the ceiling? I don't know. But because the ceiling is, I the agree roof. that we don't hear enough about TJ Leaf. But mm-hmm. I also don't agree with with, with that. I think I uh, the, the the most overrated prospect in my mind. I think Justin Jackson could still be a decent NBA pro. I think the most overrated is just uh, Justin Patton. Still, we talked about him last week. Yeah, the guy can't rebound. The guy's seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. He can't rebound. And I don't think that his offensive abilities are going to be enough. I, I think that you know maybe at best he can be like a Zach Randolph. But Let's, Zach Randolph's still a good rebounder. Let's be honest. The only reason that we're hearing his name where it is is because um, Williams went back to Texas A&M. If Williams came out, Mm-mm. we're putting his name. It's Allen and then Williams. Justin Patton was a was a top twenty pick even with Williams in there. No, no. I'm saying like what because we talked about centers last week too. 
If Robert Williams is more of a power forward. Same thing. Big man, if he's in there, I'm looking at Allen, and then I'm looking at Williams before I even look at Patton. I don't even before know. Before I even I, touch him. But, no, I think that no, I think that we had the discussion, Patton or Allen, last week, and I don't think I think people still mm-hmm. would pick Patton, but I think— They'd go with Allen. I would go with Allen mm-hmm. just because, again, he's a, he's a good athlete. I just look at Patton, though, and I think I look at that, that defense, and I look at his, ability, his lack of ability to rebound. As a guy who's seven feet tall, that worries me. That's kind of what the marketing thing right. where— you look at Patton, and yes, he's a good offensive player, but he's not to the levels of marketing where you see that role in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You don't see Patton's role exactly in the NBA. He's not a guy that can light it up from three. He's a guy that can take shots from the outside, but you don't see a post-up player I mean, who dominates offensively. Yeah, I mean, Cantor is the only like big who has a completely lopsided game like that. He is a offensive weapon and defensively negative, and, and Can- they've got a perfect match for him in Adams. Yeah, Can- Cantor's not a star. Like, no, he's a no, good he's not. starter, but he's not he's a starter. He's a backup player. Yeah, I mean that's the th- I mean, he could Six man. he could be a starter. He but, could be. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you want to switch Adams, depending on the team. But I think that's the the, the top for Patton. But then also you look at Cancer. That guy can rebound. That guy's tough. Yeah. That guy punches chairs. I don't see Justin Patton punching a chair <laughs> and then gets injured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's about the tenacity. It's about yeah. The intent. He punched it so hard he broke his wrist. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, for me the only one that I keep coming back to, like as I go down Lonzo the Ball. board. You know, no, Dave I wants don't. to talk about the ball. I'm not going to disagree with that one. Uh, is Harry Giles like? I don't. Uh, it's just we haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. Like we legitimately haven't seen a, you, a stretch mean, of him playing. But it's, also it's drafting blindly. I'm tossing in a board yeah. for a first round pick of someone who has a injury history mm-hmm. who could play basketball. I think he's going to end up like Scale, going late late first rounder. Oh, that'd, I, be, that'd be great because I know right now uh, Chad Ford has him on, on his big board at 13 and I, yeah, I had him pretty just high. insane to me. I had him pretty high as well which is kind of like the Thon Maker idea of like well we know what he can do so maybe we just take a chance on him. That was the reason why I had him so high on my, my mind draft. Basketball, but then again like yeah we don't we haven't seen him play basketball. So I, I think that's a <laughs> You're talking we haven't seen Harry Giles play basketball? He, Not much. We well, we've seen it's him play a, on the court. Okay stretch. we haven't seen him healthy. He still yeah, hasn't been healthy. But we've, we've still seen him play basketball. You saw uh, yeah. Okay, but like in the literal sense, like he has not. He's done nothing. You we, saw we a little bit of a splash. Peak. We haven't seen anything you, close to. You saw a little bit. I the, think, the ACC tournament, but you yeah. haven't seen a lot. I think with him, it's the same. You can say the same thing. A little bit different because he played a little bit more minutes than Giles did. But it's the same thing with uh, OG Ananubi, where it's like, am I going to draft him knowing he's coming but off of injury? Carrying Indiana. Yeah, though. but we've seen him for two years. The thing about with Giles is we haven't even seen him against that competition. Yeah, with uh, Ananubi. If he comes out in the combine, then people those those can go away quickly. With Giles, it's like, all right, can you but consistently it's stay it's healthy? A, no. It's a knee injury is but what the, I'm saying. The but Giles has two of them. Yeah, Giles has two. Giles and OG had two. carried Indiana. Oh. When he was there, they were great. And then all of a sudden, you were talking about Ananubi's injuries. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that it's like, oh, well, Ananubi's a bust. I was just throwing no, it out no, there I understand with the injury. Just, because mm, look, yeah. look at a guy that we used to praise here. Well, we, not Sean, used to praise here in Chicago and Derrick Rose. One, in, one knee injury, and that's all you know. That's all you know. But then again, I think that's why I think with Ananobi, you have to wait till the combine. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, medically where, clear. Yeah, where you look at Giles, he tore both of his ACLs mm-hmm. in high school, and then you look at what he was doing in college. It took him what all the way until early December to play, and then he first saw his first On game in twenty-four minutes. minutes. Yeah. They put up twelve points, but also it was just like dump inside of Harry, dump inside of Harry, dump inside of Harry. Right. We haven't seen him be super mobile. We haven't seen him be super. Agile. We haven't seen him be That's the guy I feel that like he a came first into round college is, with. Is hard to put like. Like lottery? Are you kidding me? That that scares the crap out of I me. I think that's overrated just because we don't know where 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 yeah, he will go. Yeah, 
I mean, for a player you haven't seen compete at the top level uh, mm-hmm. and play healthy for extended periods of time, to, to pick him with a top 20 pick... It's dangerous. absolutely is. Yeah. I want to throw one last name out there, and this Do is it, just Ricky. one that I've been seeing online with other people saying. Is Luke Kennard kind of overrated? Mm, I don't know. I don't. Because right now, I, mean, <laughs> I look at Tankathon, he's at 20 to the Hawks, but are we overrating... Luke Kennard and what he brings to teams. I mean, it's really what are you looking for him to bring in? I mean, I, you're not mm-hmm. going to get elite defending from him. You're not going to get a, a guy who's going to be able to, to be he, he could be a, a good six man. I think at best he d- develops into a former Blue Devil and J.J. Redick of a guy who could be a spot-up shooter for you. I think that his value is not going to be a starter. He's not going to be a star. He's going to be a guy that can be a great player, uh, at least in a, in, a, in a specialized role like a J.J. Redick, Kyle Korver. Um, where he might have more athleticism than those guys. But J.J. Reddick's a starter, though. Yeah, but, but he's in a specialized role. Okay. If they didn't find his specialized role, I mean, it took him a while to get his feet set mm-hmm. in the NBA. Plus, and he played I, for the Magic. We all know their history. Yeah, and then he played for the Bucks, and then he plays all around everywhere. I mean, the, he needed a specialized role with a guy like Chris Paul who could mm-hmm. get him the ball. Um, I think that Luke Kennard can be a guy that has a long career in the NBA, but I don't know if he's going to be an all-star at any point. I think that Kennard, it really depends on will he fit my team right now as a playoff team. Uh, that's why I put him at, at Oklahoma City because three-point shooting. Yeah, Russ I mean, he jumped be able to ten percent in his in that one year from freshman sophomore year. So you gotta love that having a knockdown shooter. I think mm-hmm. always will have value. I just yeah. I think that regardless of you know. Where you're going, it's just, hey, can you shoot the three ball? Great, you have value in today. And that's not even like a a Justin Jackson percentage. That's just because he saw more minutes. Well, yeah, he went from 26 to 35 minutes, but his shot times went up just slightly. It was from 4.8 a game to 5.4 shots from three. So, I mean, it's just, it's someone who I'm happy he stayed back because he was kind of overshadowed that first year. So him coming back, being a veteran leader as a sophomore, mm-hmm. kind of sounds stupid, but he was. And I think that, like, I don't, I don't know if he's overrated. I think that value-wise, he's probably, yeah, a 20. Yeah, I, 20 think, I think it's kind yeah, of like, I think fine. he's safer than Justin Jackson because I think he's at least at least quicker. And I don't know if he's going to be able to guard, Interesting. Uh, guard NBA shooting guards. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be uh, a defensive liability. And I don't, again, I'm calling Justin Jackson a defensive liability a lot because I still think that think you saw some chase down blocks from him. You saw yeah, some. Say, he, has he's, he has length. He has length. Um, but then again, I, just, I, I see him as a really slow player. Um, but that's it. But then again, we also talked about Miles Bridges possibly being slow. But then again, he was very smooth. And, mm-hmm. and Justin Jackson kind of smooth. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I don't know. I think Justin Jackson, in my mind, is the most overrated prospect. Um, in the NBA draft, who's your most NBA prospect, overrated prospect? Is it Lonzo Ball, Dave? I, I I still want to say Lonzo Ball, but I think Justin Jackson might be because of how how hard things went off with the tournament, and like he went from you know second round, like Ricky said, to a lottery pick. Anyone's gonna look good playing I Boston just, College. <laughs> I'm gonna say Markkinen right now. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to lean towards him only because of me. I see a guy who is a big who can't play down low can shoot the three, can't defend well. So I would say he's probably my most overrated right now. Nothing too much like Jalen Brown last year. Well, what I was going to mention is Jalen Brown was in that 7-8 range. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if Markkinen's also in that 7-8 yeah. range, I mean, he might come back and bite you. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's Ricky. Just saying. Eh. Tell us who you think is the most overrated prospect in the NBA draft in the comments down below. Also, uh, that's going to wrap up this podcast. So we talked about the Knicks. We talked about Miles Bridge. We talked about overrated prospects. Tell us all of your thoughts in the comments down below. Also, forget to like this video. 
video. Subscribe to Most Valuable Podcast. Check out patreon.com slash Podcast. All of our Twitter handles are in the description down below. Dave's at, at Dave Don't Tweet, and that's all I'm going to mention. Uh, and also, if you're listening on Block Talk Radio, thank you again for the download. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Wimmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.